You know, years ago, before I went into the ministry, I worked in the oil field, and I made several trips in helicopters to platforms off, offshore. I know there's a lot of people in here that work offshore. In fact, I think we got a couple of pilots here in the church. But, you know, one of the, one of the, you know, the good and the bad was those helicopter rides. Sometimes it was scary when you took a helicopter ride, but sometimes it was, it was incredible, an incredible experience. But, you know, I noticed some every once in a while I got the privilege of being able to to be like the co-pilot, except I just didn't do anything. You know what I mean? I just sat up there in the front seat and uh, and I got to wear the, the, the headset. and You get to hear what the pilot's saying and talking to the, you know, the control tower and all that. But, you know, I noticed something about the pilots. and I don't know if they all did. I assume they all did this. But this particular time, I noticed this pilot, whenever we sat down in the chopper and we were on a platform and we were getting ready to jump off of that platform and head for the beach. Well, he pulled out this little list, this checklist, and he started going over those checklists and he began to one at a time, turn that switch on, turn that throttle down, make sure this switch is on. And he'd do all this stuff. And then after his checklist was done, by that time, the, the blades were flapping in the air, the engine was roaring and we were ready to roll. And he'd pick up off of that pad and he'd bank like that. And here we go to the beach we come. Amen. Thank God it kept flying. Amen. And it didn't hit the water, but that was the options. Amen. But, you know, I was so grateful for that checklist. I was so grateful, Lord, that that pilot had enough responsibility to make sure everything was just right. And, you know, I believe that checklist helped us to have a safe and a prosperous trip. (laughs) Amen. And, you know, I believe today there's some things we can, some checklists we can check off that can help us not, not stay on the ground, but rise up into the air and have a safe journey in life. Amen. This is not going to be a long chess checklist. It's only going to be three points, but I want to encourage you today as we end this conference. You know, I believe that God has great things in store for every one of us in this auditorium. Amen. And so let's look at it today. We're going to talk about checkpoints, about these, these checkpoints on our checklist to make sure that we have in, in, in set in our lives so we can, we can get up off the ground. Amen. Checkpoint number one, principle number one is to work on raising your level of expectation. Raise your level. What are you expecting in life? What do you believe in God for? You know, I believe we need to make sure that we keep raising our level of expectation. In other words, we need, to, we need to keep believing for God to do more and more in our life. Amen? Why? Why do we need to worry about our level of expectation? Because number one, our life tends to follow our level of expectations. What we expect is normally what we get. If we're expecting bad, we usually get that. Amen? Mark 8.13, Jesus told the Roman centurion, it will be done just as you believed it would. It will be done just as you believed it would. That centurion was believing for a healing. Amen? And so listen, Jesus was basically saying, what you expect is what you're going to get. And so if that is true, I believe we need to raise up our bore a little bit. Amen? We need to raise up our level of expectation a little bit. Remember Job. Job realized the importance of expectation. And in Job chapter 3 and verse 25 is a powerful verse. Job said, what I always feared has happened to me. 
What I dreaded has come true. Wow, think about that. Job is saying he must have been expecting a life of adversity before it ever came. He must have been expecting for his life to have some bad times before it ever came. And then once it showed up, he said, I feared that would happen. I dreaded that would happen. So in other words, Job was experiencing exactly what he expected to happen in his life. So what, where is our level of expectation? Question, are you ex, what are you expecting in life? Are you expecting a life of failure, defeat? Are you expecting a life of adversity, mediocrity? Or are you expecting a life of success, a life of favor, and a life of blessing? What are you expecting in life? Can I encourage you today not to expect a life of adversity, failure, and and mediocrity, but to raise your level of expectation and begin to believe God that as a child of God, there's something special about you that's going to happen in your life if it don't happen to anybody else because you bought with the blood of Jesus filled with the power of God and there's going to be something positive happen to you. Can I get a better amen? What we expect is usually what we get. You know, that you heard that story. I've told it before, but it's worth repeating. This man went on vacation to Hawaii. Pretty nice place to go. And uh, he was just visiting and uh, he was just, uh, they were touring the island and looking at all the sites. And they came across this house and it was set on a hill. And it was, it was just this picturesque place. It was set on a hill looking over the ocean and, and, and you know, the lawn was freshly manicured and it was, it was incredible. And as he looked at that, the man said to his wife, I can't even imagine living in a place like that. And as he told that to his wife, it's almost like they had a voice inside of them that, that said something like, don't worry, you won't ever live in a place like that. And so, of course, he was started by his own thoughts and he asked himself, wow, what do you mean? And so the voice inside said, as long as you can't imagine it, as long as you can't expect it, it will never happen for you. And so this man came to the realization that he needed to change his level of expectation. He needed to change his state of expectancy. And I believe that God is telling us today, what do you believe and what are you expecting? Can you raise your level a little bit? Can you raise it up a little bit? Can you believe for more? Amen. Can you expect for more? Every once in a while, God will just challenge my heart with something like this. And, I, and I'm startled at how, how minimized my vision is of God. Why do, we, why do we need to start expecting more from God? Number two, because living a life of expectation pleases God. It pleases him. Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And some people say, well, you know, I can't expect nothing from God. After all, he died on the cross. After all, he saved me. I can't expect. No. God is pleased when we trust him and believe him for great things. Amen. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. He loves it when we say, I believe God can do the extraordinary for me. He says, that's my boy. That's my girl. Amen. And so I believe God is saying, listen, raise your level. Walking in faith pleases God and expectation is a function of faith. You can't expect anything positive unless you have faith. Amen. Doubt says it's going to be bad. It's going to rain all year. Ain't nothing good going to happen. Amen. But Hebrews 11, 1 says faith assures us of things we expect and convinces us of the existence of things we cannot see. 
Having faith is expecting God to do something special for me. Now, I realize why I'm teaching right now. I'm going against the grain that's set in some people's hearts. And they've been straddled with doubt and unbelief. And woe is me. But the word of God says, get rid of that stinking thinking and get the right thinking on and start believing me to part the Red Sea. Amen. Believe that you can walk on water. You can rise above your circumstances. Amen. We need to start expecting more. Expectation pleases God because it's a function of faith and faith pleases God. Amen. Amen. Why do we need to expect more from God? Number three, because we serve an unlimited, almighty, powerful God. That's a good reason right there. Amen. Why should we expect more from God? Because he's unlimited. Because he's all powerful. There's nothing he cannot do. There's no limitations. My Lord, if he could take a mountain and cause it to just fall down. Wow, that's great, isn't it? If he can hold the waters of the oceans of the globe in the palms of his hand. If he can measure the expanse with one span of, he's a big God. Amen. He's a big God. Listen to this verse. Ephesians 3.20 says to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to the power that works in us. Now I want you to notice God is able to do exceedingly. Which means to an extreme or unusual degree. And then he can do abundantly. Which means more than average or in great quantity. And then he says above. Which means higher in rank, authority or power. Now why does this verse kind of like. Didn't you, didn't you say it one time? Why do you say it three times? He can do. How come he didn't just say he can do exceedingly? Or how come he didn't say he can do abundantly? Why, you know, why, why did he have to say exceedingly abundantly above? He's trying to get the point across. Amen. He's trying to get the point across. So this verse is saying, listen to this. God is able to do in your life extremely more in quality and quantity than you could ever ask for or thought about. Amen. God can do more. God is able to bring me to a higher place of authority, position and power in life higher than I could ever dream of. Can I tell you something? God is able to take you and bring you to places you never dreamed of. Amen. And you say, well, I don't know if I can do that. Well, it's not about you. It's about him. It's not about you. It's about him. And that's the problem is we got our eyes on us instead of getting it on him. We need to get our eyes off of our stuff and get it on him because it's him that has the power to do it. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So this verse is encouraging us. You know, I wonder if the limitation of God's work in my life is tied to what I ask for or believe and expect God for. Because if you notice this verse, he says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Now when I read that verse, I'm wondering if I need to start asking higher and I need to start thinking higher. Because it might have everything to do with how much abundantly above and beyond I might receive. Are y'all with me out there? So I believe the point here is we need to start asking God, believing God, and expecting God to do more for us than we've ever asked or dreamed of. Amen. Y'all believe this this morning? George Mueller said this. Expect great things from God. 
believe great things from God and attempt great things from God. Why? Because God is a great God. Amen. That's good enough right there, right? That's good enough. You heard the story of the frog. The frog was born in this well. And he was, you know, he, he came, his eyes opened up, and he started paddling around. First he started kind of swimming around. Then he got some feet and started. He was in the bottom of this well, and he thought, man, this is great. He was just content, just enjoying the well. And then one day he looked up, and there was light up there. And he said, I wonder what's up there. And so he jumped on the side of the wall, and he started climbing, and he got to the top of the well, and he peeked over the top, and lo and behold, not far away from this well was this pond. And he thought, my Lord, I've been living in this little hole right here. Look at this pond. Look how much water. So he dives into the pond, starts swimming on his bag like, wow, man, this is incredible. And so he's like, man, you know, this is so, this is so amazing. I wonder what else there is out there. So he popped out of the pond and he took, he took a couple of hops and he got to a ledge and he looked over and there was the ocean. And he's like, oh, my Lord, that's four. I can see there's so much water. Wow. And he thought to himself, man, I'm thankful I hopped out of this well. Come on. Are you living in the well? Maybe you need to hop on out in your faith and start looking at the the oceans of what God might have for us. Amen. Are y'all with me? So checkpoint number one, principle number one, work on raising your level of expectation. Why? Many times it's your level of expectation that determines where you go in life. Amen. Checkpoint principle number two is don't give up, but continue to circle your mountains in prayer. Don't give up. Continue to circle your mountains in prayer. Amen. You remember for the 21 day fast, we had these mountains here and we said, listen, you know, if you got a mountain, if you got a prayer request, put it on this cord. Tape it or or pin it up there to the mountain and we're going to believe God. The mountains represented those big problems, those dreams, those circumstances you were believing God for. And, you know, it was it was based upon the uh, the scripture in Mark 11, 22. Jesus said to them, have faith in God. I say, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up, cast in the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen. and It will be granted. Therefore, I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you receive them and they will be granted to you. Remember that? So this is what we're using the scripture. We encourage you to identify, put a name on that mountain. You were going to fast and pray and believe God for. And we were going to pray and believe. And you know, and I was thinking as we got towards the end of this 21 day fast, I realized and I knew that some people's mountains had not moved an inch. Some people's problems had not changed a bit. Well, what do you do whenever you're fasting and praying for God to move a mountain and it has not moved? Well, today I want to encourage you to keep circling that mountain. Keep circling that mountain. Don't give up. Keep circling your mountain, believing and expecting for God to give you the victory. Amen. Expect God to move that mountain out of the way. Remember when the Israelites, whenever they were getting ready to go in the promised land, you know, they had the great promise that they were going to go into the promised land. One of the very first things they encountered was Jericho, a fortified city inhabited by a king and an enemy that was standing in their way of the promise. And you remember God gave him a strategy. 
He gave them a strategy and he, and, and this, this Jericho represented a mountain in their life. And he says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to circle that mountain once a day. Don't say anything. Just circle that mountain. And I want you to do it once a day for six days. And then on the seventh day, I want you to circle that mountain seven times. But this time, somebody's going to blow a trumpet. And whenever they blow that trumpet, I want you to shout as loud as you can. And so sure enough, they circled the mountain one day. They circled it two days, three days. I'm sure some way along the way, they thought, oh my goodness, what in the world are we doing? This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. How in the world are we going to get through a fortified city by just circling the thing? But somehow they decided they wasn't going to quit. They were going to keep circling and keep circling. Finally, the seventh day, they circled it once. They circled it twice. They circled it three times. I'm sure when they got to about the fifth time, they thought, come on, let's, let's end this. In fact, so I heard somebody say, that's why he told them, don't say nothing. <laughs> keep your mouth shut because you're going to talk yourself out of your miracle right there. Amen. And finally, on the seventh time, on the seventh day, the thirteenth time around the mountain, around Jericho, the trumpet blew. They shouted unto the Lord and the walls came tumbling down. That's a great story, isn't it? It's a great story. It's in Joshua chapter six. The blessing was the fulfillment of God's promise. Now, let me ask you a question. What would have happened if Israel would have gave up? After six days. What would it what would have happened? If they wouldn't have, if they wouldn't have went to that seventh day. What would have happened if they had circled it only five times on the seventh day? And they wouldn't have circled it at that thirteenth time. You know, there's a good chance that they would have never received their miracle. They would still be waiting for Jericho to move right now. See, what's the point? Here's the point. Don't give up. Don't give up because in 21 days you didn't see your mountain fall. Don't give up because you didn't see your breakthrough because you fasted and prayed 21 days. Don't give up. Keep circling that mountain. Keep circling that dream. Keep circling that promise. Amen. I was talking to a brother uh, this past week and he was telling me about a book called The Circle Maker. You might have anybody read that book. If you haven't read it, I'm about three quarters of the way and I encourage you. It's a great it's exactly what the Lord has been teaching me in the last six months. But he explains it in a way that I can't. I encourage you. Get the book. Amen. In fact, we will put them in the resource center because I believe it's that powerful of a book. But listen, the, pro, the, the point of the matter is, is that many times we quit praying. We quit believing too soon. We quit believing too soon. We give up too soon. Jesus encouraged us not to give up in prayer. In Luke chapter 18 and verse 1, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. Never give up. Verse 2, there was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. And the judge ignored her for a while. But finally, he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people. But this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out. And with her constant request, 
Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. He told that story to make a point. He said, learn the lesson from the unjust judge. Verse 7, even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? I tell you, you know what it takes to keep circling the mountain? It takes faith. I tell you, you know what it takes to keep believing God for your dream to come true? It takes faith. It takes faith in a big God who is able to do big things for everybody and everybody who dares believe him. Amen. Come on, are y'all with me this morning? He said, learn the lesson. The unjust judge gave justice to this little lady. We don't know what she needed from the judge, but she got it. Amen. She's like, the judge finally said, man, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this noise in my ear. Let me give her what she needs. And Jesus is saying, listen, this little lady got what she wanted because she didn't give up. Jesus is encouraging us not to give up. Are you all with me? You're tracking with me here. Don't quit praying about your problems. Don't quit praying about your circumstances. Don't quit praying and asking God to do miracles in your life. Because you never know when you're on the 13th round. You never know when you just might be circling that mountain for the 13th time. Amen? Pray until God answers. No matter how long it takes. Check List principle number two, don't give up, but continue to circle your mountain in prayer. Number three, number three, checkpoint principle number three, establish a clear vision of what you want or need God to do. It needs to be clear. And I found that this is not as easy as it seems. I tend to pray and I pray generally instead of specifically. And I just say, God bless me. That's good. But I never, sometimes it's hard to measure whether he answered that prayer. But some of us don't get what we want from God because we don't know what we want from God. We don't know. The point is we need to identify. We need to identify or define what we need God to do. We need to clear it up. Amen. And so whenever that happens, we can clearly say God did that. Amen. I believe God wants us to get specific in prayer, specific about what we want him to do in our lives. Mark eleven twenty four. Jesus said this. He said, therefore, I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you've received them and they will be granted to you. I believe Jesus is saying, I want you to identify the all things that you're praying and asking for. The all things. And I encourage people during the prayer and fasting to make a list, to write down a list. Why? To identify. This moves you out of general prayer and moves you to specific prayer. And so listen, the question is, how can we believe to receive something if we haven't identified what we were asking God to receive? Come on, are y'all with me out there? It's a lot safer to say, Lord, bless me. Than to say, Lord, bless me with a new job. Amen. It's a lot safer. Jesus made blind Bartimaeus. Remember him? He asked him to, he made him identify what he was looking for. In Mark chapter 10, 
They reached Jericho and Jesus, verse 46, and his disciples left a town. A large crowd followed him. And a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And then the disciples, be quiet. Many of the people yelled. People around him, religious people, be quiet. Many yelled at him, but they only... But he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. You can sense the intensity in his desire to get what he wanted. Amen. Everybody around him say, man, you quit that nonsense. And he said, get away from me. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Amen. Verse 49, when Jesus heard him, he stopped and he said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Say, now you're encouraged with my need, huh? Verse 50, Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. Verse 52, and Jesus said to him, go for your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. Did Jesus know what Bartimaeus needed? You know, you know, Bartimaeus, it doesn't record, but maybe Bartimaeus, whenever Jesus said, what you want, man, what you need? Bartimaeus might have been thinking, uh, duh, I'm, somebody's walking me around here. You asking me what I want? I mean, I got this stick in my hand. I'm running into stuff. Don't you know what I want? Did Jesus know, did Jesus know what this guy needed? The, you know, the obvious answer is, yes, he did. Then why did Jesus ask him, what did he want him to do? He was trying to get him to identify it. He was trying to get him to believe for it. He was trying to stir up his faith. He said, I want to see. That's what I want. And he said, well, good. Why don't you go ahead and be, why don't you go ahead and see then? He identified it. What do you want God to do for you? Well, I want him to bless me. In what way? He said, well, doesn't he know? Yes, he knows. He wants you to know. He wants us to identify what it is that we want from him. Does this make sense to you? You see, I believe this, that I believe that we need to begin to identify the things that we want God to do and not just pray about them for 21 days, but to keep praying about them, to keep circling Jericho, to keep speaking to the mountain, to keep saying, mountain, come down in the name of Jesus. It hadn't moved in a while, but I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in. Mountain, you got to move. Mountain, come down. Amen. Who knows? Jericho's might come down. Amen. So let me give you a strategy to develop a clear prayer vision. Number one is write out clearly what you're wanting or asking God to do. Articulate it by writing it down. And you know what I found out? It's like just to sit down and say, okay, I want God to bless me. How many of you want God to bless you? Okay, can I ask you another question? What does that look like? What does that look like? What do you mean you want God to bless you? You want him, you want him to give you more trouble? (laughs) No, no, brother, that ain't blessing. What it is that you want God to do. You know, the Bible says this in, in, um, in Habakkuk 2, 2. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for the appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. 
You know, remember when, when Sam, um, who was it? Solomon. God gave him this great privilege of saying, ask me for anything and I'll give it to you. Remember that? And so Solomon, of course, he asked for wisdom to lead the people of God. But you know, I think about that. Is it really any different from us? Didn't Jesus said, ask and you shall receive? Didn't he say, knock and it will be open? Didn't he say, isn't it kind of like, what do you want me to do for you? And so I find, even in teaching this this morning, I find I have to take time to say, what is, what is it? That I would like God to do. And you know what I find is once I, once I clarify it, once I can articulate it by writing it down, it begins to be clearer for me. And it's easier for me to be specific in what I'm asking God to do. You know, I suggest to all of you that are single that you say, Lord, give me a godly spouse. Amen. And all of you that are married, ask God to keep you that way. Amen? Amen? Circle that mountain. Amen? But you know what I'm saying? Listen, if you're struggling and you you can't stand going to work, how about beginning to cause that to be a mountain that you're asking God to deliver you from and give you a new job that pays more? Amen? And so, first of all, write it clearly. Lord, I'm asking you to provide a better job for me. I'm asking you to heal my body of this infirmity. Number two, begin to verbalize it in prayer by praying specifically for what you need. And you know, just because you wrote it down don't don't mean you're going to pray about it. Right? You say, yeah, but Lord, you remember I wrote that down. Yeah, but pray about it. Remember what Jesus said in Mark 11, 23? I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain... You got to know what you're praying for to say to the mountain. What is the face on the mountain? What is the picture of the mountain where you can begin to say, begin verbalizing it in prayer? And so, you know, listen, what I found out was whenever the Lord, not sh- I've been sharing this story, but you know, I was sitting on my porch rocking in my porch rocker whenever I was praying about a mountain in my life. And the Lord reminded me of this verse of scripture. And he said, and you can say to the mountain and the Lord highlighted, say to the mountain and he began to impress upon me to begin speaking to the mountain. And so I begin to say mountain in the name of Jesus, you moving out of there. You can't stand in the way. You can't stay there. And what I found is as I begin to articulate and I begin to say to that mountain, I declare right now in the name of Jesus that that mountain is coming down. Something happened to me. There was a change in the atmosphere on that front porch. Amen. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. Come on, speak life. Speak life. Come on, speak death to the problems and life to the, for the, to the provision. Amen. Come on, begin verbalizing it in the name of Jesus. And I find that faith comes by hearing. And even whenever I would say it, faith would drop into my heart. So can I encourage you to write it down and begin verbalizing in prayer by praying specifically. Number three, find a scripture or promise you can stand on. You know, if you need a job, find you a scripture you could pray about. Like 
Philippians 4.19, my God will supply all of my needs. You're looking for a job and they say, oh man, you know, it's bad times. The economy's bad. We're in recession. There's not too many jobs around here. Well, I don't care if it's recession. I don't care if it's bad times. I just need one job. And my God, who knows all the things and all the ins and outs of this universe, he can surely bring me at the right place at the right time and give me a job. Don't tell me about all the problems in life. I want to tell you about my God I serve. My God can provide. He's the God of all provision. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. And I pray that scripture. Lord, thank you that you bring in provision. Come on, you need to get a scripture and stand on it and pray that scripture. Because listen, if you pray the scripture, you can know you pray in the will of God. And if you know the pray, you pray in the will of God, then you can have confidence in your prayer and you can have great faith to see the mountains moving. Amen. Amen. If you need a healing, pray the scripture. Psalm 103 and verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget none of his benefits, who pardons all your iniquities, heals all your diseases. You know, it's kind of like, here's the mountain in the front of you. And you take in the word of God. That's like a hammer. And you go up to that mountain and say, hey, hammer. I mean, hey, mountain. How about this? With your hammer, the word of God. In the name of Jesus, I declare. And I have a job better than I have now. God has supernaturally given me. And you take the word of God and you begin hammering on your mountain. Hitting on your mountain. And the word of God is powerful. The word of God is all powerful and is able to break. It's able to shatter mountains. Amen. So I encourage you to use the scripture. And number, number four, keep praying for that need until you begin to see the need. Met through the eyes of faith. You know what I found is whenever you're praying about something, you know, you might start off like, Lord, I pray that you do this. After about 10 days of doing that, you say, Lord, I pray that you do this. And then you kind of, you get an attitude. Lord, I didn't eat for 21 days. Hello? Hello? Lord? And you start to develop attitudes and you say, God, you said you would answer. Where are you? And stuff starts rising up. And God said, well, let's deal with some of that stuff. Come on, let's deal with some of that junk coming up in you. Let's deal with that attitude. Let's deal with this. Let's deal with that. And all of a sudden, God begins to deal with your own heart. And he says, okay, now we are a lot closer to that mountain being removed. And then all of a sudden, you say, I'm tired of this. I know God can do this. What did you say? I know God can do this. Did you hear what you just said? I know God can do this. Well, listen to what you're saying. I know God can do this. And faith drops into your heart. And then all of a sudden, you get this holy indignation. I know God can do this in the name of Jesus. I bind every devil. I bind every evil. I declare right now. And faith rises up in your heart. And then you can start to see it in the eyes of your faith. And you say, mountain, you coming down in the name of Jesus. Don't give up. Keep circling your mountain till faith drops into your heart. And you say, I'm not taking no for an answer. Amen. And just because it didn't happen already doesn't mean God said no. Amen. Amen. Keep praying till faith drops into your heart. Hebrews 11 once says faith is being sure what we hope for. It's certain what we do not see. You know, I find I can have general faith, but sometimes it's a lot more difficult to have specific faith. And God is wanting us to have specific faith so we can start seeing mountains move. 
And you finally begin to give God thanks before you ever see the answer to your prayer manifested. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, it says, be joyful always. And let me just stop right there. Be joyful always. Don't allow your problems to steal your joy. Don't focus so much on your mountains that you lose sight of Jesus. Amen. Don't let your mountains become idolatry. Don't let them become an idol where all you're doing is focusing on that. Come on. I found that the provisions of God are in God and all I do is pursue God and the provisions come. Amen. But he says, be joyful always. In other words, don't allow. Come on. Don't allow your circumstances to become God. Don't let them get bigger than God. Come on. Maintain your joy. Pray continually. Pray continually. Every time you think about it. Every time you think about it, pray about it. Every time you think about it, every time you're reminded of the problem, pray about it. Every time you're reminded of the circumstances, pray about it. Amen. The devil will quit reminding you of it. Because he said, man, every time I remind him about his problems, he prays. Amen. So be joyful always. Pray continually. And give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. How many of you know it's God's will to give thanks? Amen. Now I found it takes to give thanks to God for answering my prayer takes faith. Amen. Because once I pray and ask God to move that mountain, I begin to thank God. Lord, thank you for moving that mountain. Did I just say thank you for moving that mountain? That's what I just said. Am I believing that mountain's already moved? That's what I'm believing. I'm believing that mountain's already moved. I pray and ask God to do it. I'm believing it's already done. Lord, thank you for moving that mountain. Thank you, Lord. 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 You're in charge. You're bigger than my problems. And I thank you that you're hearing my prayer and you're moving on my behalf. Amen. And whenever you can get to that place of thanksgiving, come on, that's that's when you've prayed through. You prayed through. You have a sense of, you know what? It's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. He's he's in charge. He's going to help me. Amen. Are y'all, you receive this today. Would you stand with me and let's close in prayer. You see this, this sermon came out of, came out of this thought. As I would pray in the prayer, in the prayer meetings and in the services, and I'd see that mountain, I'd say, Lord, move, Lord, move. They had so many needs here. There were so many problems there. And I was saying, Lord, God, some people may get discouraged if you don't answer their prayer. Lord, move on behalf. And so then I was thinking about what happens to those people that have prayed, but they haven't received anything yet. What should they do, Lord? What, how should they handle that? And out of this came this. Out of, this, out of those thoughts came this. Number one, raise your level of expectancy. I know that mountain didn't move an inch yet. I know it seems like bigger than anything But can God do it? Can God do it? Can God do it? I know some of you are blessed today. I know some of you are prospering today. But do you think God maybe wants to bless you more? Do you think maybe God wants to do more than you ever dreamed of? Do you think maybe God wants to bless you beyond your wildest imaginations? Well, you know what? God is, if our vision can be accomplished by us, it's too small of a vision. It has to be bigger where only God can do it. Amen. Come on. I listen. You know, you know, you don't have to have problems to begin to dream. You don't have to have problems to begin to. Oh, how, how many of you like to be so blessed that you could bless tons of people around you? 
Come on, how many of you like to be blessed, so blessed that you can bless others? Amen. How many of you would like to be so wise that you can help others? Come on, raise your level of expectation. Come on, raise your level of expectation. Raise your level of expectation. I'm believing for great things this year. I'm, I'm believing for breakthroughs. I'm asking God to prosper me. Come on, are y'all with me out there? Come on, how many of you got some problems that hadn't got, gone away yet? Come on, can we circle that mountain today? Can we circle that Jericho today? Come on, can we bring it back to the forefront and say, listen, it hadn't moved yet, but I ain't giving up. I'm not stopping. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in. I'm not, I'm not releasing my faith. I'm believing that even though I don't see that mountain moving, that it's already trembling right now. There's cracks in the foundations already. This, it's about to fall down right now. Come on, let's circle that mountain. Come on, right now, just raise your hands if you have the liberty. Come on, just begin to thank God that He's releasing grace over over you right now. Come on, begin to be, come on, just bring those, bring those dreams, bring those promises. Come on, bring those desires before the Lord and say, Lord, I'm circling those issues. I'm circling them right now. God, I'm believing that right now. That God, you are working miracles right now. Thank you, Lord God. Come on, get a vision. What does God want to do? Lord, I want to be blessed. Lord, come on, speak to me, Lord. Show me that what you want to do. Lord, I want a God vision. I want a God desire. I want a God dream. Lord, release your grace over this place today. God, release your power. Release your presence. Spirit of God, anointing of God, come in this house. Come in this place right now. Father, I pray. Lord, cause there to be a stirring in every heart and in every life. Lord, I'm believing that this morning, God, even as I'm praying, Lord, that you're releasing a greater fire, a greater hunger, a greater thirst, and a greater desire to see things break in their lives. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Now, come on, let's just thank God now. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for watching over me. Thank you for caring for me. Come on, just come on, just settle in. The Lord is your shepherd. He loves you. He knows where you are and he knows what you need. Come on, just rest in Him right now and say, thank you, Lord, for caring for me. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Amen. Father, we exalt you today. We bless you today. We glorify you. We thank you, Lord, that you're in charge. That, Lord, you're still on the throne. You haven't moved. Lord, you still possess all power and all authority. Lord, and we declare that today that, God, you are bigger than any circumstance, any situation we face. Lord, we believe that you can do exceedingly abundantly above anything that we could ask or think because it's your power that is working in us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Now, just bow your head with me for just one minute. If you're not saved, if you're not a Christian, and you say, Ty, would you pray for me? I don't want to just come to church. I want to live the Christian life. Would you pray a special prayer for me? If that's you, just raise your hand. Extend your hands towards these, these, precious, these precious people. Father, just pray this prayer with me. Say, Father God, I repent of all my sin. I'm sorry, Lord. Jesus, I want to serve you. I want to live for you. Lord Jesus, would you forgive me? Cleanse me. Break the power of sin off my life. And help me to live a pure life. A holy life that's pleasing to you. 
thank you, Jesus, for accepting me into your family. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Hey, do you remember when you got saved? Do you remember when you gave your life to Christ? Isn't this a great morning for them? Yes, amen. Well, listen, we're going to open the altars and we're going to be up here praying. But I want to just pray a blessing over you. Father, I pray the favor and the blessing of the Lord on every family, every home, every heart, and every person that is here today. God, may your grace be multiplied. May your favor abound in each one of their lives. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen.